Drogba in der Mitte, da Schneider, Schneider Merhaba and welcome to episode 37 of the Lions Den, a Galatasaray podcast. Done by the daddies for the daddies. Yes, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, boys, <laughs> you gotta help me out. It's been the weeks and I, well, basically... You're rusty, we get it. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I was hoping you would ask us how we're doing and then one of us was gonna be like, Summit. How are you doing? And then we break the news that way. I don't know. Anybody want to take over that role? Uh, well, Yasin, how are you doing? <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll start with me. I'm doing good, man. Uh, I miss you guys. I miss speaking about Galatasaray. We had a World Cup for, what, a month and a half. There's a lot that we can talk about. We'll probably get to it a little bit. But I just miss talking about Galatasaray with you guys. And it's nice to be able to return with a dub under our plate. So super mm, happy. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leaders, boys. Leaders, indeed. Emre, how's New York? Uh, cold as hell. Yeah. I'm freezing my butt off. Yes, uh, it's very cold, but my heart is warm inside now that I'm with you guys. How are the gas prices over there, like for the heating and stuff? Is it like increased tremendously? We like, don't pay gas. We don't pay it, gas. It So... Where I am, we pay for heating oil. Uh, I don't have gas in my heating neighborhood. oil? What the fuck? Yeah. So so basically, <laughs> yeah. to heat up your house, you either have a gas line that comes to your house or, you know, your neighborhood, your area doesn't have gas lines. So you have to buy heating oil. So you yeah. have this giant tank in, at from the, in your basement and you burn it, yeah, you know, warms up your house. Mm. And, and that shit's kind of expensive. Uh, it's It was all the way up to like five, six dollars a gallon last year. It dropped to like three fifty a gallon. Now it's like four dollars a gallon. And, I, and my tank is two hundred seventy five gallons. So to fill that up, you know, it's it's over a thousand dollars, and I have to do that three to four times a year. So got to start invading other countries again. Then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, that for European listeners, two hundred seventy five gallons equals a thousand liters. So Thank you have to fill you. that up. You said three to four times a year. You said? Yeah, it de- depends how much we use it, you know, how cold it gets. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. So it's yeah. like a one-time investment thing. Uh, well, the system itself is a one-time investment. You have to maintain it every couple of years. But the oil, you have to you have to call somebody. They come, they fill your tank, and then move on. Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting. Uh, Coach Canada from <laughs> Canada. <laughs> John. <laughs> <laughs> are you also using middle age devices to heat up your house no no i honestly i don't think i've ever heard of that that's the strangest thing third world and country i'm man. sorry to hear you have to fill that up you know several times a year i'm sorry to hear that but uh it sounds like turkey to me i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah so my, my, my neighborhood's pretty old so my house was built in like the 1950s i think and I guess just oh, my wow. area of my city just never got the gas lines because of permits or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess middle age, old age. You can make it, fun of me for that. Is there a guy that comes every night uh, to light up the candles <laughs> on, in the street? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to get a stock, especially in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that just walks down the street with like a, holding a lantern or something. Yeah. <laughs> lantern and a gun. Don't forget the gun. <laughs> yeah. And a bulletproof vest. Don't mm. forget the vest. <laughs> All <Yeah>. right. <laughs> uh, well, with that said, uh, sadly, how's Holland? It's It's been all right, right? I mean, we've had a few cold weeks where it did uh, start to freeze. And I don't know if you drove around that time, but the roads got really slippery. Uh, mm. But now it's back to normal. Yeah, no, I, I missed that hit. completely <laughs> because I was in the hospital during that yeah, time. Yeah, so uh, there were a few days where basically they advised you to not um, head on the road. Mm. Uh, because... I also drove that day, and it to me, it didn't really look like it would be really slippery, right? Because it didn't rain, it didn't really snow, nothing. But still, if you if you would like break or whatever, you 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 do. I mean, you do. You did slip basically, so yeah, dangerous. But wow. now we're back to better times. It's ten degrees ish. Not really winter, but I don't mind. You know, yeah, ten degrees. Oh, ha ha. It's good. I saved some by staying in the hospital. Uh, saved some gas. What's the coldest it gets over there? Around the zero, it never gets really that cold. We're close to the sea, right? So it's pretty mild. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we just a couple of days ago, we were negative 10 C. Negative yeah. 10. Yeah, I think we're negative 10 right now. Last night was like minus nine. Mm. Yeah, something sickening. Well, enough about the weather, guys. <laughs> uh, it's, it's all about gala, right? So we've had the World Cup. Cup. Before before You've, we get to that, why don't we talk about what's going on in your life, bro? How how Summit? Oh. How, how you doing, bro? Bro, oh, did we, wait, did we not ask him? We asked him, right? I want to hear did, about yeah, Summit. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean you know, uh, it's been it's been rough, man. Daddy time. My uh, Daddy time. my congratulations. My daughter, yeah, thanks. My daughter was born. Much and, congratulations. Uh, it's uh, shitting, eating, sleeping. Those are the three. Isn't that activities. all you do? Well, not me. My daughter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she shat in my mouth so i know how that tastes what like. bro, yeah. bro i didn't see it <laughs> wait, how, damn wait, how boss woman from the get-go uh so you know happen? when you change diapers right you okay. also have to uh take the thermometer and and measure measure the temperature of of, of, my, of the child uh, it has to be between 36.7 to 37.5 I mean, they don't understand it anyway, but yeah. Celsius. Anyway. So I finished up cleaning her diaper. All good. Nice with the wipes and shit. And then put some cream on. All pristine, right? And then I measured with the thermometer, uh, which you stick in um, up there. <laughs> then you and put what, it in your mouth accidentally. No, that's no, how no. It happened. no, no. And when I was done with measuring the temperature, when I pulled it out, like I didn't, I didn't know a small body like that could force, <laughs> could send such a force up, uh, up like that. And she basically like sharted like <laughs> right in my mouth. <laughs> oh so, my god apparently I'm it's normal crying right now. It's like what, a, what was your reaction to it's this it's normal to get shit in your mouth damn no, I no, didn't know I'm, that the spray poo that they do uh, as a baby so oh my god dude did she have like diarrhea or something oh my god <laughs> I, I don't know my first reaction was what the fuck <laughs> just happened 
<laughs> and it wasn't much, right? It was just a little bit. I mean, it was on my face, but got on my lips as well. So I What did your wife say about that? She was uh, shitting her pants, obviously. <laughs> and so. your second thought was, John's candy tasted worse, right? Or... <laughs> Oh, bro! <laughs> I, I was sure. I was gonna I was gonna <laughs> say I'm boozled. surprised they haven't I, I'm surprised they haven't made a flavor of the bean boozled. Don't give them uh, any ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you playing bean boozled again? My uh, brother brought one home, and yeah, uh, yeah it was brought back good memories from when we were in Istanbul. But they added a few new flavors, so ah. I don't know. Next time we uh, see each other, we might have right. to uh, run it back. Nice, nice. The Fenerbahce Derby. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. So not a lot of sleep, waking up a lot every three hours, basically, to feed and and change diapers. Um, Underestimated it for sure. But fingers crossed, going good so far, going strong. So it's all good. Good. As long as she's happy and healthy, it's all that matters, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um... Yeah, what are we going to talk about? But I mean, I saw some messages from fans about us not recording a podcast, people waiting for it. We discussed last podcast, which was like a month or two ago, that we would maybe do uh, some episodes about the, World, the World Cup, Cup right? Mm-hmm. But we didn't. And the timing of everyone's like schedule was off, so it wasn't like easy to get everyone. No, you just together. lazy, lazy people. Where were you then? You should have started yeah. it. What do you mean? Yeah. I can't be always yeah. there. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, <yeah>, okay. <laughs> when me and John have been there more than you. That is true. That is true. Okay, so. All right. All right, all right. All right let's talk about the World Cup. Let's like uh, get everyone's quick thoughts on it. How about that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yasin wants to talk about it. I think everybody wants to talk about it. How I mean, was, I how was Kim and Jay? <laughs> Jay was, was better than disaster I, class just like I said <laughs> actually I said it off the record I said it off the record not on the podcast but anyways you guys know what I said mm-hmm. okay so I don't want to talk about that <laughs> I don't care about him okay I want to I want to talk I was going to first bring up all, what's relevant to this pod which is our gala players right who did we have there we had Mertens for Belgium we had Torreira and Musada for Uruguay uh-huh. And we had Nelson for Denmark. And Sefirovic. And Sefirovic for... Swiss. Swiss. Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah. We had the most players present from the Turkish League for a single team. And they were probably, you know, in totality, the, use, the least utilized for, you know, yeah. how many that we had. And it was a bit sad to see. I think mm-hmm. we wanted to see a little bit more of uh, Nelson make a name for himself. We know he has a quality to play, but that team also has a lot of very good center backs, a lot of experienced center backs. So he had, I think, one game where he played against France, where they played a little bit more defensive. And I thought he did well. Um, What's his name? Mertens barely played for Belgium. That was a bit sad to see. I think he came on as a sub. Fenerbahce's Bacchua played over him, which, you know, I don't know how I feel about that, but it is what it is. Um, Safarovic barely played two. I think he barely smelled the field. I think he was a sub one game. He didn't do yes. anything. And the saddest thing to see was how little to no minutes Torreira and Musleta got for Uruguay. Um, not only did they not get any minutes, they also caused that they, they created problems. I think when they got knocked out with the ref, mm-hmm. and that's pending investigation from FIFA. 
Yeah. Um, hopefully, they don't get in too much trouble and Musada <clears throat> doesn't, you know, face any discipline fines. What did he do exactly, Yasin? I think. I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, keep me honest here, but I think him and a bunch of other players like Suarez and Cavani, they they just surrounded the ref after the game because of the decisions he did or didn't make. Um, I, I think they had a lot of words to share with the ref. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they probably crossed the line. You know, they probably got a little bit comfortable too because they knew it was their last game for Uruguay. And they were probably in the fuck it mindset. Like, all right, what is he going to do? Give me a red card. My team's already knocked out. Do you I'm think it was justified though? Honestly, I don't remember too many details about, you know, the decisions that were made. Uh, I mean, in general, the refs, the World Cup, what do you think about that? I thought this World Cup, in general, the refs were a little bit more lenient with the decisions that they they made. I think, I don't know if it was an order from FIFA at, at, you know, at the top level to just let the game free flow more, less stoppage, you know, don't stop the game constantly, let the players play. But interestingly even though that was the case we also had a lot of stoppage time compared to your standard game you know i think the average was probably anywhere between like eight to ten minutes of extra time every single game yeah and that was that wasn't something that anybody expected but overall if it changed uh, the rules for that that's why the rules yeah exactly. yeah and what do you mean FFA was probably licking their lips you know in response to that <laughs> but <laughs> so if you're wasting time if you're laying on the ground for any reason they add that time to the final, you know, extra time. Yeah, so there's did, like, didn't they have do no that incentive. already? Like, didn't the ref always have a stopwatch and uh, whenever? Ah, they barely did no. it. They, they barely no. did it. Yeah. I mean, they only counted like VAR and stuff. That's what they used that extra time for. Like, whatever, like, official, you know, like stoppage if someone got injured on the field, they would add that. But not like if someone's throwing himself on the ground and stuff or taking too long to throw in, a, you know, throwing mm-hmm. stuff I'm like that. Pissed again. <laughs> what do you guys think of that? Overall, at a high level, do you think it's a good addition for the game? Yes. Do you think it should be applied to the Super League, given how much yes. how, or how little we actually play football in ninety yes. minutes? Yes. <laughs> We're gonna Imagine play yeah, one hundred twenty minutes every fucking. I kind of like that. <laughs> I don't know. I I kind of like that, but I don't. I feel like like there was one. I think it was the first game, maybe uh, that kicked Qatar? off the tournament. I I think it might have been that one where there was like fourteen or fifteen minutes mm. added. And like I feel, like, I feel like that's just too much. Yeah. Yeah, but like, imagine you're play like think about you go into a game, right? Like Super League, for example, bro. They pay play like maybe fifty minutes out of ninety minutes. You're being robbed of yeah. forty minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, I find that a good thing. To be honest with you, it, it might incentivize to. I know. What's that? I'm only the adjective. <laughs> so basically, incentivize to just play the game. Like wasting time makes no sense then, because what are you gonna? Try to slow down. Yeah, you could like perhaps slow down momentum or a counterattack, but besides that, you can't really how should I say it, like seek out the game. You can't start the honorable tactics minute sixty, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So the only the only uh reason why I think they don't do it is because I mean then how long a game lasts will be pretty inconsistent, right? Like one game could last ninety two minutes and the other could last hundred and twenty minutes. And since they try to squeeze as many yeah. games back to back, yeah. it'll be a bit difficult. I think that's probably the only reason they don't do it. Otherwise, I think it's a fantastic idea in my book. Yeah, I like it too. Mm. It's going to be interesting with the uh, like TV aspect or like airing aspect as well. Like, how do people cover that time? Yeah, um, definitely. definitely. But like, what did you who like for the World Cup? Who did you guys think was going to win? 
Argentina. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I From mean, the get go, you. Yeah. No. So, so I want to clarify this question: not not who you wanted to win, but who you actually thought was going to win. Like, do you guys yeah. actually think Argentina was going to win? I thought I it was going to be Brazil. Was, to be honest, yeah, with you. I thought it was going to be either Brazil or or uh, Argentina. I wanted but, Argentina. Uh, no, sorry. I thought Argentina would win, but I wanted Uruguay to win. Obviously. <laughs> Why Uruguay? Uh, because of uh, our homies, right, right, right. man. Ah! But yeah, then if, I found out the that case... they were not playing, so I was like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, that's the, why. The I, thing I, is, Denmark, bro. I would have wanted Denmark to win. Yeah, yeah. No, the thing is, no matter what you say, Samet, doesn't matter what you say. I know that you were just dying for Netherlands to win. Of course, bro. Like, you can say whatever <laughs> you want. Like you can't. I wanted Argentina win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no shot, no shot, impossible, bro. The thing is, what I like about uh, our, um, our, the Netherlands is Louis van Gaal, man. I watch this team. No, I don't watch this team. I watch this just for the post-match <laughs> interviews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are fun though. Yeah, the lad is amazing. And, and honestly, he also knows football because every time he coaches the Netherlands, year after year, even if the team is not that good, we always overperform as the Netherlands. Like uh, an overperformance is always given. Like we always go to the semi, half final, or final. Just need to uh, finalize the last uh, game, I guess. But yeah, no, it's all good stuff, man, from the Netherlands. Yeah. What did Canada you guys do? think? Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say uh, nothing. <laughs> what What you What you guys think of Canada? <laughs> I'll tell you. All right, John. wait. I'll tell L you. No, John. listen, listen. What I listen. noticed let, from let, Canada. Listen, listen. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. The one thing I wanted to say, uh, in general, what I noticed by Canada is they rely too heavily on one guy, Alfonso Davies, which I really love as well. But that's their mistake, and that's also in general the mistake with a lot of teams, whom rely on one person. And yeah, sure, Argentina also relies on Messi, but. Uh, that's a bit different, I guess. And, but that's uh, Messi, Messi re relies on DePaul for protection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I honestly, Bambino. I kind of knew going into the tournament, I, I kind of knew what was going to happen when I think it was a week before our coach, John Herdman, said that our, our mission at the World Cup is to score a goal. So I kind of knew what was going to happen once he said that. But, anyways, I was. Actually, very surprised. I think it's such a... I think it's just tragic we couldn't beat Belgium in that first game. Mm. Alfonso Davies, who's supposed to be uh, our god, absolutely sold the match for us there. So thank you very much for that. Um, and then, yeah, Croatia just... That wasn't much of a match. Even though we did score in the first like two minutes, that was pretty sick. Um, and then Morocco just... They just dealt with us, I guess. But I, I really have to say... Going into the tournament, I I wasn't really that excited about it. Like, you know, I, I was like looking forward to seeing Canada play, but I wasn't really that hyped up or like, you know, I didn't really care what the result was, but it was the craziest thing. As soon as they started playing the national anthem, I was like, and, and uh, at the beginning of the first game, I was like, holy shit, like this is so crazy. It was the most surreal thing. So I'm happy I got to see Canada at the World Cup, but yeah, more or less doggy, I, I guess you could say. <laughs> great fitness I mean but that's the thing with World Cups right I mean it's in the end it's still a roulette you you just gotta be lucky that you are born in I don't know Brazil or whatever like one of these elite <laughs> nations otherwise you kind of have no chance I mean Morocco did pretty well for a nation that I don't think are as good but it's still uh, there's a lot of luck involved 
because you can't really choose who you play for unless you have a dual citizenship somehow. So I was also presently surprised by Canada. They played pretty attacking. Well, it was nice to watch, but in the end, it didn't bring you any results. Unfortunately, yeah. that's one point or if I remember correctly. Was it one or zero? Zero. Oh, zero. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, sh- we should have got the three against Belgium, but yeah, that's just tragic. Like I said, but uh, we also had the Dutchies take out our American brothers here, which was pretty fun. <laughs> but what <laughs> did you guys think of, uh, what did you guys think of USA though, in general? Like, did they give in an expected performance or was it a bit lackluster? Um, it's like in between, but to, to be fair, it's still a very young team, man. They have just mm. the biggest problem with the US was finishing. Like they can defend, they can go into the box, but they just cannot finish. Poli's like the only main threat in that attacking force right now. But I like where they're headed and I, I can see that they made a lot of investment in the youth going towards uh, 2026. They want to be ready and full-fledged for that World Cup. Because it's going to be in the United States. Well, it's going to be like um, between US, Canada, US. and Mexico, right? Yeah. I remember those three countries are going to be intertwined together to make the World Cup. Oh, it's going to be sick. I swear to God, man, if Turkey does not make that World Cup, I'm never supporting the national team again, bro. There's just no way it's coming to North America like this. And Tur- it, like, I just, oh, I'm going to be so pissed off, dude. Especially, I think they play in Toronto too. Like yeah, there's the ga- yeah, there's there's matches in, in yeah, exactly, at uh, BMO Field here in Toronto. So I'll be so pissed off, man. Yeah, well. We'll see what happens. Get ready to rip that jersey apart. Doesn't look like it's happening, brother. Nah, 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 nah. Turkey will, Turkey will be there, man. That's in what, four years? Qualifiers probably start in two. Yeah, sin. We haven't been at the World Cup since 2002. I don't care, man. This generation, <laughs> like, you know, the early 20s, these guys are pretty solid. I think, you know, all right, I'm not going to say anything because you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's Turkey. It's Turkey <laughs> My expectations the low, bro. I'm bro, keeping them low for a reason we, here. We, we got some good players, man. But uh, bro. maybe that... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Wallah, Yasin was about to throw out the biggest jinx I ever seen in my life, but he he caught himself. <laughs> He's so. like, okay, you know what? Let me let me slow down. Hit the brakes there, yeah. bud. <laughs> I thought of all those moments we've just been terribly disappointed. I'm like, you know what? This is probably gonna be another one. Dark Horse yeah. Euros. Remember that one? Uh, lose all three games in a row. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it it is a shame though. Honestly, I don't ever like, want to be called Dark Horses ever again. Yeah. It uh, it's really good fun watching you know, Euros, World Cup especially, but and I don't know. It, never, it doesn't hit the same unless Turkey's in it, bro, but uh, we'll yeah. see what happens. We have the Euro Cup coming up as well. First qualifi- uh, first qualifiers against Armenia in Armenia. Oh so, boy, that's going to be a doozy. Yeah, that should be a bit of fun. So <laughs> oh, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. <laughs> I just had so many things going through my mind, which yeah. can get us canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully nothing regarding universities. Nah, nah. nah, nah. <laughs> but in general, the World Cup, World Cup, boys, it was played like in the winter in yeah. Qatar. What did you guys think of that? It's been all if over I, the news. Uh, so. Let me just say this. I was one of the like biggest haters of this World Cup because it was in Qatar. I was like, wow, it's going to be so bad. Such a waste of time. No one's going to enjoy it. And I was very happy to be proven wrong because the, the final was probably the best final I've ever seen yeah. that, that I've watched. 
the final was amazing. And but, a but lot even of people, the, even the tournament, even the tournament in general, don't you think? Yeah, it yeah. Was... Like st- after the group stages, it, it blew up. I watched yeah. almost every game. I loved it, man. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Football wise, it was really good for sure. Absolutely. And like people were saying, they wanted Morocco to be in the final, and I was like the only one saying, "No, nah, France and Argentina final would be a banger." Mm. And I was so vindicated yeah. when it actually happened. Yeah. yeah. Messi versus Mbappe. The GOAT yeah, finally right? got him all. He finally got it, bro. And you mm-hmm. know what's the funniest thing? I, I, listen, I'm not a Ronaldo hater. I love Ronaldo as a player. But when he won the Euros with Portugal, people were saying how he's the best because he won a cup. Yeah, yeah. And now that Messi won Copa mm. and the World Cup, people are saying, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just cups. You gotta yeah, look yeah. at what he did on a club level. I think nah. the whole uh, debate, Messi versus it's done, Ronaldo, bro. It's is done. Dumb, is dumb anyway. They're both great, yeah. and yeah, yeah, different different styles, man. One is a super exactly. athlete, and one is just super talented. Yeah, and that's how I see it. But uh, I, the one thing I found weird was I <laughs> kind of didn't like Argentina after that uh, game against the Netherlands. <laughs> but still, yeah, I, I wanted Messi to win. But seeing this dark side of Messi was a bit weird because he was like, saying, "But there's a what point. Are you looking there's a at? reason for that. You, it was uh, a reason for that. Stupid, Bobo, Bobo, Kemira, Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it was against Wout Weghorst. Yeah, <laughs> and he was uh, talking uh, shit to what's his face, Van Gaal too, because he said something to him before. Apparently, yeah, he said that uh, if Messi doesn't have to, like Argentina, if they don't have the ball, you play against ten men. It's Van Gaal, yeah, yeah sure, because Messi doesn't play. Yeah, but Van Gaal says that dumb shit to every fucking competitor. Yeah, right. you guys are like very open and direct. You guys have like almost zero filter. Yeah, whereas probably that. in South America. I guess the culture is a little bit different. They mm. take that as an insult, whereas you guys would just be like, oh, he's probably right. You guys think more logically than most other people. Yeah. Like, well, you don't think with emotions, more as like logic. That's what I've yeah. noticed with you guys in particular. I can confirm for Sally and for me, I guess. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right. See, there anyway. you go. <laughs> Shall we anyway. move? Yeah, great World Cup. Glad that Messi won it. On to the next topic, which will be. <laughs> a shit ton of friendlies that we had, right? Uh, how many did we have in total? Four or five? No, actually, I think even more. Hey, we had quite a few. Yeah, yeah we had uh, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first five one against Rayo Vallecano. The second one's uh, Villarreal. Third one was against Adana Demirspor. And then we also played against uh, Lazio, which was like came out of nowhere. I didn't see it announced before. And then the Toulouse one that was scheduled afterwards. It's five Which is the only one we won. Yeah, uh, the only one we won is uh, the Toulouse one for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, in general, Emre, t- tell me about it. What did you think? All the friendlies. Um, I didn't get to watch all of them, but I did watch a few of them. And what I've... So, like, people that are, like, that didn't watch the friendlies and didn't look at, like, who was in the lineup... It was mostly really just young players because at the time, mostly the, our first 11 was either injured or at the World Cup. And so... Experimental, bro. Experimental. It was completely experimental. Sasha he, he Bowie on in, the right wing? Yeah, it's exactly. Experimental. Like it, it, so despite that, it, you can tell that this team just is starting to 
form an identity. You know what I mean? Like people actually know what the coach wants and try to implement it. It's not just going based off skill. Because there was plenty of times where he would just, because he, dude, he made big changes. He would like change out six players at once, five, you know what I mean? And the team would still mesh well. They would still play the same type of football, depend, even when they're not in the same positions as they usually play. So, and they still played well. We still had games where we had like a ton of chances. It's the same old story. We have a ton of chances. We don't finish. And it happened a lot in these games. That, that was my uh, like first like thought when I'm thinking back to it. Otherwise, yeah, like we didn't have multi- most of our players. And I think it's such like a waste of time for most of our players because we, like, what, what, do we, what do we think that was going to happen during this half, right? We, we were hoping that our team would be coming together, meshing, chemistry would heighten. But the problem was most of our players were just not there. It's just our, like, C squad at this point, not even B squad. I don't know who else watched the game, but, like... Yeah, I, uh, I watched the matches. It, was, it wasn't very easy watching these because, obviously, um, you know, they're happening at the same time as the World Cup. So, you can imagine the uh, quality difference watching these World Cup games and then watching these friendlies. So, it wasn't the best viewing experience, but... Um, yeah, I thought it was, I, I liked how we, we brought in good competition, you know, like we had uh, uh, Lazio, Villarreal, Toulouse, like we had good, uh, good competition, which is good, you know, like uh, high level matches for the players that are playing, some younger players, some more familiar players like Mata, Van Anhol, Sasha Boy, uh, this type of thing. We had uh, a few good moments as well. We had Yusuf Demir score two goals against Adana, uh, Barish scored a goal. Um, Although we didn't win many of these matches, we just won the last, uh, no, yeah, the last friendly against Toulouse, we won 2-1. We lost all the other ones and then tied against Adana, but um, I'm just most mostly happy to see good quality uh, coming to Turkey to play against, which was nice to see, even though the results weren't there, which doesn't really matter because they were friendlies anyway. But um, yeah, I'm glad we're not playing like third division Turkish teams and stuff like that, so... You know, it's good to keep the level high, especially after uh, beating Basakşehir seven nothing right before that break. It's good to to keep the level high and to try to keep momentum going for the guys that are still there. So hopefully, we just can get right back into it uh, as the season uh, has resumed yesterday. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I don't have too many thoughts about the friendlies. Just happy to see that we had the high level there. Um. Yeah. One one thing I did want to mention is like Baran, who's playing in the CDM, oh, yeah. has been a standout for the team, and we might see him if uh, push comes to shove, and we don't have any you know replacements or someone that can play in Torreira's place, you know, down the line. Mm. Uh, he's a he's a really quality kid. I like him. I think he was the best out of our youth players. Yeah, so, no, uh, definitely look the out only. On him. Only one with potential to actually play in the role of Torreira, uh, but uh, yeah, he's doing well. Uh, he has he was a ten, an attacking ten before. Uh, he got moved to uh, CDM um, to get more playing time as well. Is what I understood, and he's been doing striving there. So, um, well, in general, I have the friendlies. I saw a lot of interesting stuff, interesting experimental uh, changes in positions, changes in where the players were fielded uh, on the pitch. 
and it was just trying out things, right? So I rather have all these friendlies lost and 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 win the actual games, which counts, right? So I don't mind at Nothing. all. Actually, there were a lot of things to talk about um, if we ha- have to go in depth. But um, I'm going to have to say goodbye to everyone from my side because I have to attend to my little daughter, <laughs> which, uh, which is in need of me. So I'll say goodbye to everyone and I'll leave it to you guys to finish off the podcast. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Call Thank Duty you. calls. Yeah. Maybe uh, with that said, then uh, about the friendlies, did you guys want to get into our. Uh, our match against Istanbul Sport. Before that, should we talk quickly about the Ankara Gujur game or Ankara Keçirenci uh, Cup game? Yeah, Keçiören Gujur. Yeah, we there was our cup match. We can talk about that as well. Um, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Yasin. Yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't a big change in how we were playing compared to those friendlies and that was a bit disappointing to see because of the time frame of these games and how little time we have to rest between that game and yesterday's league game i was hoping you know since our starting 11 was pretty solid right we had mertens we had kerem barish who's been pretty decent we had gomis misho berkan okay but our defensive line was pretty top-notch we're playing against a third or second league team like that in a cup game and we have a league game four days later, I would love for us to come out in the first half, score two, three, four goals, set the tone straight, and then be able to rest those players for the game that's to come in a matter of a few days. But we couldn't do that. Unfortunately, this game was pretty close. We won, which is great. But, you know, th- this was a t- one nothing win against a second, third league team. And that goal didn't come until this 82nd minute. That means that our players were chasing, running, and, you know, really putting 100% effort until the 82nd minute at least. But it was basically the whole game. And that's not, th- that's not something I wanted to see. I was a bit disappointed. Uh, I didn't really love the way that we played, given that we had a lot of A or B type players, you know, close to starting 11. Um, that's that's basically what I wanted to say before we get into the league game. But what you guys think of that cup game and our performance against a pretty weak side? I'm actually shocked that this match didn't go to extra time or penalties. Like, did it not seem like that vintage match we always play against this like yes. third division team where we can't score zero zero somehow goes to penalties and everyone's sweating when it could have been like a four or five nothing game, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm shocked it didn't get to that point. But as usual, we have Gomez that comes off the bench and scores at the end of the game to absolutely save us. I really don't know where we would be right now without him, by the way, um, <laughs> which is just a shock. Like, I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's absolutely true. Um, yeah, I, I honestly don't have much to say about that cup match. It was just, I was so pissed off for the whole match, especially getting into like the 60, 70, 80th minute. I was disgusted with, with what, what I was seeing, but um yeah, thank God we got the win. And also, I don't know if you guys know off the top of your head uh, who we've been drawn against in the next round. I think it was Alanya. 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 Yeah, so we'll be playing them in the next round as well. Which, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw the way that they had the uh, the draw organized, like the two sides of the draw, but we could have been drawn against Fenerbahce, Trabzon. Like, we couldn't, like, so to be honest, I was kind of hoping for that to happen. 
I like I like the drama, but no, we we drew against uh, Alanya, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, you one guys question. are right. We didn't... Yeah, go ahead. Just one question um, on the cup game. Because like John, I do also share your opinion that there's a pretty disappointing game. Like, ah, we, just, we just were bad, you know? Uh, but I, what, I'm, what I mainly wanted to ask is, is Seferovic now just done? Like That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, we did play bad. Yeah, but early exactly. we we played early in the game. It was not bad. We again same problems as before. We missed a lot of chances. We it's like we don't have problems creating chances. We have a problem with finishing them. And then we had a penalty. How do you miss a penalty? That, like, come on, like Dude, I, I don't he, understand he anymore, man. Too. Like the keeper saved <laughs> it. it you can't off the you keeper, can't rebound still... though. That's the thing. Oh, and He's... you mean like in general? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and and he still missed like a shot on goal. I mean, I hope Gomez doesn't get injured too, because then we have a really big problem. Seferovic just, I was hoping that it would somehow prove me wrong, because before even coming to Gala, I mean, we did research on him, right? He, he, he has good work rate and he does work a lot, but his finishing is pretty uh, questionable. And so far, he still has no goal on his name, despite being featured like a handful of times, right? Yeah, um, I think he's done. Honestly, to answer your question straight up, I think I wouldn't be surprised if we depart ways with him, this transfer window. Um, he didn't even smell the feel. I mean, not to kind of get into the next game already, but we played a league game yesterday and we needed a striker and Sovetovic still did not start, did not get into the game, wasn't subbed in when we needed him or when we needed a striker. And he is before, as you just mentioned, before you know even joining us, we were warned he's on and off player. On his day, he's great. On his off days, which happens quite a bit, he's awful. And when you're part of Gala's side, there's a lot of pressure. You're already not the number one striker because you have Icardi, which is a world-class striker ahead of you. And you got Gomez, who's coming on for 20, 30 minutes a game and having incredible impact in just one game more than you did the entire season. So I think his mental is off. I think Okan Buruk mentioned that after the game too. And I think it's kind of accepted that he's not really going to be our second striker unless he really picks it up. And is he going to have opportunities for that? I think he did in the friendlies and he hasn't proved that he's worthy of being our second striker. And this is, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but do you think Dusan Özbek and Erdin Tumur and Okan Buruk are going to go into the second half of this season that's going to be very close between Fenerbahce Us, Başakşehir Beşiktaş and say, listen, Icardi's our number one striker. And number two is either going to be Gomis, who can't play more than 45 minutes, or it's going to be Seforovic, who doesn't play good more than half the time. Is that a risk that you guys think we should so take? What about this, though? What about this? You said that, you know, we're going to have a look at the squad and say, okay, without a doubt, Icardi's our number one. That, that goes without saying. Number two, probably Gomis. But is Seforovic even really number three? Or do you think. Mertens is a, is ahead of him. Like, look at the match we just played. Again, not to get not to get into that, but I mean, Mertens sort of assumed that role when we were making changes. Like, we we changed the way that we were playing and we changed our shape. And it's like, at this point, what do we really need Seferovic for? Really, what what do we need him for? Like, we have Gomis, we have. Seferovic and if push comes to shove we have Mertens as well who's not the same player as Seferovic obviously don't get me wrong or the same player as Zakardi and Gomez 
but um, he can play there as well in a little bit of a different role. So do you guys think that we even need, like, do we need Seferovic at all? No, not at all. What we need him for is hold up play and he can't even manage to do that, you know? <laughs> Forget scoring goals. Like, if we do manage to get to the goal, he doesn't finish. He either misses it or just, like, completely, like, throws it out for, like, a corner, um, a goal kick. I don't know. I have not been impressed by Seth. I was hoping that he would prove us wrong because we've been yeah. saying it from the get-go. And a lot of people were like, nah, he's just got to give him time to, you know, mesh with the team chemistry. But <laughs> it card, it came it's... in first game, bam, made an impact immediately. Okay. So yeah. you can't tell me that, you know, you can't assume someone's going to fit the role or not from the first couple of games. You can tell, like you get this gut feeling. And I, I just never got that from Seferovic, whereas I got it from like almost every other player that we got in our team. Yeah. Yeah. Can and we I, can I, we officially assign the oh. fraud <laughs> label on Seferovic? <laughs> like is it can we officially say that or not yet? I, I don't I don't want to call him a fraud. Because I I was just about to say I kind of feel bad because I think the way that we handled this transfer window specific to our striker position was a roller coaster. It was not straightforward. It was not in our books to be like, we're going to get our second striker first. We're going to give him the number nine jersey. And then we're going to wait to the last dying minutes and days of the transfer window to bring a potential star, right? I mean, we spoke about Belotti for like a month, right? But even before that, you know, you brought in Sefotovic and give him number nine. It's kind of like, okay, this guy's not going to come here to be a second striker. That's what he was already at Benfica. He was looking for a move to settle somewhere and be the main striker. That's what he was during the friendlies. And he was doing okay. He had that confidence. But if you look at him in his last 10, 15 games, the, if you look at his his face, his attitude, just on the pitch, when he misses a chance, when even when he scored one, I don't remember if it was a cup or friendly or an actual league game. I guess it was a league game. You guys just said he still hasn't scored. But he scored and he, did, he wasn't happy. Like the dude was not excited. And I think that goes to show that he's not really accepting and of that role as a second slash third striker. And with that said, like a striker, we've talked about many times before with our other strikers, whether it's Mohammed or somebody else, Mustafa. But if the striker doesn't have that mentality, that that excitement, and he, you know, he's not gonna play his role correctly because a striker is based off of form. And he, he doesn't have that. You know, I think I think we just need to cut ties and Move on from that. Yeah, yeah. like I can't, you can't wait for him to get anybody. Like he's been given amplitude amount of tries. You know, this is not like back in the day where we were getting it, like not even reaching XGs of one. You know what I mean? We're getting tons of chances and we're just like not finishing them. He's not finishing them. He's not in the box. He's not in the position. So it's like you said, I don't know. We need to move on, find a new candidate that I can probably- compliment Icardi. That's probably best for both parties anyway. Like like Gaston said, he wants to he wants to obviously play. He does have the hunger. You can see it. It just doesn't mm-hmm. work out, right? And for us too, I mean, letting him go also means we free up a foreigner spot, which you can probably use for someone else. Um, so yeah, that that's how I see it. I I I I think they will look at someone else. And if not Sefo, just a Turkish striker somewhere, like a young guy who who can be or like striker. Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's not happening. That's not happening. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's what they're looking for, though. Turkish striker. That that's apparently that's that's the news 
you know, floating around. They're looking for someone that's Turkish. But again, do you guys want to get someone that's Turkish who's going to be expensive knowing that next year? I, I don't know if this was 100% confirmed, but they're going to remove the foreign limit next uh, season. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Wait, they're going to remove it? I don't, yeah, they're going to. Is that recent news? Because I, I didn't see anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were talks about it be, you know, rumors of them removing it like a couple months ago, but I didn't see anything recent. This is recent. I think I heard it on one of the talk shows. I can't remember who said it. Hmm. I haven't confirmed. Don't take this as word, but like, I think like it's looking like they're going to remove it. Like, you like look at the state of this league, man. It's pathetic. Look at the state of our national team. It's pathetic. This this <coughs> foreign limit helps nobody except uh, the managers that manage players. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Realistically, I don't see them removing it. Rather, you know, in, slowly, in you know, steps. decreasing it. Yes, whether that's going to keep what we have now for another year and then move on from that, because it's supposed to technically get worse next year. So maybe instead of doing that, they'll just, you know, keep it the same. Or instead of having now eight, you can have, you know, seven or whatever it is, right? And with that said, I think we still need a Turkish striker. And I think some of the rumors that I saw and what we should do actually is go to these, you know, other leagues and look for young Turkish strikers that are, you know, have both citizenships that still haven't declared for a foreign country like Yusuf. But, you know, find those guys, you know, maybe if you need to pay them an extra, you know, a couple hundred K tede a year, do that. That's okay. It's an investment. You know, the Sinan Gümüşüz of the world, you know, maybe he didn't work out so much, but players like him and invest them and they'll, they'll accept that role of being a second striker or a third striker, you know, you still want somebody, if you're going to start Gomis, that's okay. Nobody's saying don't start Gomis. The issue is when Gomis needs to come off at minute 45 and 50 because he's tired, you don't have a third striker that you can count on. In this case, you really can't count on Sefirovic too much. And then okay. there's the other issue of him being a foreigner. There's the other issue of him playing X amount of games and his contract getting extended. So it comes with a lot of issues that you wouldn't have if you brought a young Turkish striker. So Why I, do you I need to go and get move. young Turkish strikers when you have Budish Alper Yilmaz then? Just play him. That's a you great... Know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, that's something that I'm, you know, I do want to see myself too. Some people don't love the idea of switching a winger to a striker, but um, I think he has a physicality of it. I think he's an athlete. You know, he's, I, I've mentioned this many times before. His IQ is quite low in terms of football. <laughs> I was yes, just going to uh, mention that, but you did it already, so. Yeah, you know, but that's not something you necessarily need as a striker. Of course, a higher IQ in any single position, whether it's a goalie or a striker, is going to make you a better player. But sometimes all you need is a guy up there to chase the ball around, and when he gets a chance, he at least puts it on target. You know, sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, if he could just work He's on his finishing, man, and his, like, last-second ch choices, he would be amazing. Because he and has, like you said, the physicality, yeah. he has it. He has the speed, he has everything. It's just that freaking finishing that we just desperately lack right now. And I think he can work on that. He's not terribly, yeah. he's not old or he's not young by any means either. But I think he's like 22, 23. And he's shown, a, shown us glimpses of him having good finishing. I don't remember which game it was, but there was one game where he made a run behind the defender. Abdul played a beautiful ball. Right into the. Into I know space. exactly what you're talking about. I can't remember and the he, game off. Well, top he of my took head. I think one touch, which was phenomenal. Yeah. And then a one touch finish, and that finish was like right in the corner where the goalie couldn't reach it. I don't know if that was by mistake, by luck. Bro, I'm but telling you, he was probably thinking, "How the hell did I pull that off?" 
But for me, what's important is he he did pull it off. You know, if he can do that and work on it, and he has a confidence. I I love that kid because he plays with confidence. You know, he plays with aggression. He plays like you know a guy in the field who says, "I want the ball. I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to take a dribble and shoot." Some players just play scared. Some players have on and off days. I I haven't really seen that with him from a mental perspective. And a mental perspective is very important for a striker because you're going to have days where you're off form. And then you can easily fall in a hole that you can't get out. And we've seen hundreds of examples like that. So maybe, yeah. maybe Emre, maybe we can see that. I, I'd like to try it. But um, I don't think Ocon has done that yet, has he? I mean, he still hasn't run out of com- like all the options to actually put him there. He still has a few options before we get to him. So we'll That's see. True. That's true. Should we, we move on like, to the match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of like basically already got into it a little bit, but yeah. John, you want to take it away? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll introduce the match officially. So, of course, this was our first match back after the World Cup break. This was round 15 of the Super League. We were at home to Istanbul Sport uh, in a 2-1 victory uh, on Christmas Day. Can you um, believe, by the way, we played at home. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think, isn't that supposed to be changing now? I think, don't we have soon. a... Oh, soon we get into that decent home run, right? Yes. Yeah, where we have multiple yeah. games at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. So, like I said, this was a nice Christmas Day match. Um, we'll go through the starting 11, which had a f- couple changes. So, we had uh, Okan in goal, um, which I have something to say about that. If you give me a minute. Um, our back line, Sasha Boy, Nelson, Abdul Karim, Kazimjan, uh, Lucas Torreira, Micho, who is starting in place of uh, Sergio Oliveira, who I think has just come back from injury. We had Rashitsa on the right, Mertens, Karam, and Gomis, who started. And uh, we'll go through a couple stats. Surprisingly, we had uh, the match finished with less uh, possession. Excuse me. We had 52% for Istanbul Sport, 48% for us. Uh, 18 shots for us, 13 for Istanbul Sport, and an XG of 2.05 for Galatasaray and 1.25 for Istanbul Sport. So pretty much bang on there. Um, just a few thoughts uh, before I pass it off to you guys. Um, <clears throat> you know, as as expected, I I think we knew coming into the match that the quality wouldn't be quite where it was where we left off with Bashakshir, obviously, uh, after such a long break and, you know, some players being left behind, some players going to the World Cup, etc. Uh, I thought the first half was pretty good, though, overall. I, I, I thought it was decent. There were definitely uh, some some uh, goal scoring chances and uh, we, we did manage to score uh, twice in the first half as well. No surprise, it was Gomis who, who uh, scored both goals. We had Mertens who got the assist on the first one and Micho who got the assist on the second one. Honestly, probably could have been more than two goals in that first half. Um, what what I wanted to say about Okan though, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever been so annoyed or just so pissed off where you just start laughing, but that literally happened to me right at the beginning of the match no pressure, nothing. I, th- I can't remember if it was Abdul Kerim or Kazimjan who had the ball, someone on that left side, and they played it back to Okan. Totally didn't control the ball properly. Um, and then not only that, it looked like he could have saved the ball, but instead it just rolled out for a corner. 
And I was sitting there so annoyed. I literally just started laughing. So as soon as I saw that, you know, of course you lose a ton of confidence in him. Uh, I guess he, you know, he made up for it at the end of the match. We'll talk about, there was a really big save that he made, but um, I'm not really a fan of Okan and I don't have that much confidence in him. So maybe that's something that can be addressed in the summer or, you know, whenever something to think about, but uh, yeah, first half I thought was pretty good. What, what did you guys think about it? Anything that uh, stood out to you guys? For me, the match looked a bit more brightly than for you probably as I actually started watching the match from minute like 10 onwards. So I missed the Ocon part. I didn't actually see that happen. I did, I did read about it in the yeah. group, but <laughs> didn't witness it. And I can completely see it happening. Uh, I can already imagine in front of me. Yeah. But like I said before, the first half was really good from a hunger perspective, the way we played. Like we played pretty high tempo, I would say. Um, and we scored twice. Baigo missed from corners, if I recall correctly, or basically set pieces. Yep. Um, which, I mean, when's the last time that happened? I can't really recall. Yeah. Yep. Um, and all, all in all, like, I felt we were just really in control. I wasn't really too afraid of Istanbul Spore. I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't be because Istanbul Spore have basically lost, like, every game they played. The only significant game I can remember from them is that they either won or drew against Bishtash, uh in the winter. They drew. Uh, they drew, yeah. And also that they all have like crazy numbers. Like their plays, they all have like 20, 90, 60, etc. <laughs> yeah, like 96 uh, or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, first half was... Uh, I'm happy about it. That's all I can say. Gomis did miss some chances, which was uh, pretty frustrating. Like some pretty big chances actually. But yeah. in the end, we finished it 2-0. So not too much that I could complain about until we went to the second half. But... We'll wait on that. So I'd like to pass the word on to Yasin or Emine. Yasin, you want to say it? Go ahead. All right. So first half, I, there's not much I can expect from this team. The first half is prime golf set that I want to see every game. But that prime golf set, I would like them to extend it past the 45th minute, which is going to be hard <laughs> because, dude, we put some insane pressure on Istanbul Sport. I think we had like an XG of 2.5 in the first half alone which is insane. You know what I mean? And so one thing I got to like, I'm happy about, as you mentioned, Saleh, is our corners, our set pieces. You can see a huge improvement in them because we used like every single set piece in the first half, when I, I mentioned this too, they looked deadly. Like they all could have led to goals, right? And, and we scored two and we missed two from set pieces. If I recall two, no, one. One of them came off the bar from uh, Gomez. And then again, uh, this is another game. We hit the post twice. We have uh, this curse, man. I think it's 16. The official count is 16 balls that came off the post. So imagine we scored half of that. Eight goals onto our current <coughs> average. Right? What is it at? 14? We'd have been at 22 right now. Surpassing Fenerbahce. Um, mm -hmm. From the first half... Gomez was good, but Gomez was also really bad at the same time. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he missed he missed quite a bit. He missed a oh, oh like an essentially one on one position that could have made the game two nil. Um, but you know that's beside the fact. What I don't like about Gomez is his inability to play our wingers. I've noticed that our wingers have been non existent. Like they're always non existent when Gomez is playing. 
That's one thing I like about Cardi. Cardi plays like when Cardi plays with Kerem, Kerem is a different player. Kerem just vibes with him. We saw that in the Bushwick Shade game. This mm-hmm. game, Kerem just is completely lost. He doesn't know what to do when like 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 adjusting to different players. His adaptability is not as great. I think it takes time. Um, I remember I think it was like the tenth minute. Kerem like made some one twos with um Mertens and like Gomez was wide open. He passed to him and Kerem made a run like behind the defense. He was gonna be one on one with the keeper if Gomez would have just left the ball in his path. But instead Gomez decided to take the ball, try to turn around, do some movements, and essentially, you know, lose the ball at the end. That's like my biggest pet peeve with Gomez. He just does not know how to play the wingers. Unless it's like super obvious and super like easy to pass. It takes too long and it's it's the most irritating thing. And uh, we're going to really be missing Icardi if he doesn't, you know, fix whatever his issue is that's keeping him uh, injured. But all in all, I, I like it. And um, one, I think this next point, I think I'll wait till the second half. I think it'll be more relevant that I want to make. But uh, I'm going to pass it off to you, Yasin. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys covered most of the things. So a lot of what I wanted to talk about was actually in the second half. But mm-hmm. I, I really appreciated our pressure in the first half, especially from Martins and Gomez. You know, two pretty old players who you would think does the complete opposite of that, right? You, you would think that they walk the pitch. You think they would just yeah. wait for the ball to come to them. But those two guys probably put the most pressure in their half than anybody else of course they're they're your number 10 and your striker so they're probably up the field more than anybody else but they still did an incredible job and i and i really love that mertens has consistently done that every single game that he plays every single minute that he plays you know it's not like one of those guys that comes on to the game you know as as a new player in the summer and you know he likes to get the fans on his side and then he just drops off after five or ten games no mertens consistently has been that guy to put pressure up in the half he sometimes he runs all the way to the goalie and he looks back to see that his players you know his teammates are putting that pressure up with him and i think that really helped us in getting some of those opportunities in the first half that we did get so i'm, I'm glad that he did that and mm-hmm. you know i, I would have liked for kerem and rashidza to kind of provide a little bit more support in that pressure but overall very solid performance from them and i just want to quickly touch on what uh, john mentioned too in the very beginning of the game with okan kochuk because of that simple mistake in like minute one, which was extremely lazy and lackadaisical. Yes, he made a mistake with the ball going under his feet, but he should have like sprinted to catch that yes. ball. In a worst case scenario, kick it out for a throw-in. Yes. But because he didn't catch that in time, it was a corner kick that led to a decent chance for them. And I believe they got a second corner kick or a second shot or something. Maybe it was even three opportunities within the first few minutes of the game. That is a terrible way to start a game at home. Fortunately, we were able to turn it around. But God forbid they scored on one of those chances. That's that's not a great start to the game. And that's something that we can easily avoid. And I think Okan is just struggling with, again, from a mental perspective of having the confidence. You know, again, I can say this for every single position, but striker and goalie need their confidence at all times because they are unique on the field. You know, a right back is going to get support from their right center defensive midfielder. A number six is going to get support from their number eight. A number 10 is going to get support from everybody around them. But a striker and a goalie, 90, 99% of the time, they play by themselves. They control their little area. 
and they make decisive decisions and moves in the game. If a goalie decides to sleep, you know, we're letting up a goal. If a goalie, if a striker decides to sleep and not be on his day, we're not scoring goals, right? So those two positions, they need that mental strength. And Okan Kochuk, I think he's struggling what a lot of unadult players struggle with when they move to big teams, is that pressure to say, look, whatever performance that I put at Girasun Sport for Okan, or whatever performance I put at Alanya Sport for Emre Akbaba, I need to do that same thing now at a team like Galsai. And they've, they're two prime examples of players who I think struggled with that mental strength. And because of that, you know, they, they, they don't get the minutes that they otherwise would. You know, Okan had a great season at Gerasun Sport, but now you see him, he's demoted to second, obviously. There's Musleta ahead of him, but he's not putting that performance when he's given the opportunity. That is where you shine or you sink, you know? And I don't like it. I'm a huge fan of him, but as you guys have said, and I'm sure you'll, you'll say it again for the second half, but, you know, Okan... I'm a little disappointed, and I would I wouldn't mind seeing Jankat Yilmaz, our you know our young uh, youth player goalie, get some opportunities ahead of him in the future. But um, overall, decent. You know, we actually had a great of a lot of uh, opportunities in the first half. But I was just curious. I looked at our first half pose- uh, stats. We actually had less possession than them in the first half. Like, would you have believed that if I told you know if you know if I asked you beforehand like that we actually have less possession? We had 11 shots, four on target, and the post twice. We had a lot of good back-and-forth plays, lots of nice attacks, and we had 49% possession. That's really interesting to me. And it I would believe be, it. It would be the norm going, f- you know, the last couple of games. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, this team is, like, the philosophy seems to be get the ball, go to the goal as quick as you can. Don't hold the ball more than, like, five seconds at your feet. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to get the team out like catch the other team off guard, right? And so that's why you see sometimes our players make a lot of mistakes because they're trying to go really quick. And so that's why I see, like I understand why other teams will have more possession than us. And I, that doesn't really phase me anymore. You know what I mean? I used to be like, oh, how can a big team have less possession than, um, you know, mid-sized to smaller teams, right? But yeah. like, I understand what the philosophy is and it, it gives, it bears fruit, right? Because look at how much we like provide in terms of possession and stuff like chances. It's just in- insane. Mm-hmm. So like I could imagine it. Yeah. John, you can uh, talk about the second half if you want. Yeah, if Saad has nothing else to put forward for that first half. No, I was just going to say that it did surprise me a bit. But on the other hand, it's also about what you do with the ball. And when we had the ball, we were like, like Emre said before, like we- we've been throughout the season in general, we've been pretty, we've been really direct. And just threatening in general, like Istanbul Sport, okay, maybe they had more of the ball, but what did they realistically really do? Not much. Till we go on to the second half, which is a nice segue, I guess. Um, who wants to start on our wonderful performance in the second half? Who wants to take the honors? Yeah, I mean, I guess whatever honor that is, I guess I'll, I'll take it. But yeah, no... Uh, <clears throat> Obviously, we're what we're leading up to is to say, uh, you know, it wasn't the best second half performance, and um, you know, I'm not really sure what it is that affects it. You know, if it's something that we've stopped doing, or if it's you know, Istanbul Sport who are just chasing the game now at at two nil, but um, you know, a, a little bit further down the line, which which we'll touch on, there were some subs that I think kind of disrupted the match as well, but. Um, it it just the 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 sort of 
uh, hunger and intensity was, it, it dropped for us in, in the second half, I think. And, you know, amongst that, I think Mertens, what's so incredible that Yasin mentioned was, I think he's like 35 now or something. And uh, he ran almost 12 kilometers in that match. And not just that match. He does that every match. He runs his ass off every single match. Like, it doesn't matter. Attacking, defending, in transition. Like, just the pressure that he... He's just always running. It's fantastic. Um, I, I love seeing that. And I'm honestly quite surprised that he can still do that at his age. And I, I didn't expect him to be that way when we first brought him in. So, that's been awesome. But, um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't really have too much to say about the second half specifically like we just uh i i didn't feel like we could really get anything going there we were really wasteful as well especially uh with kerem like i think that not only in the second half in this match i think that he played pretty well in transition in build up even though we don't really have that much build up where a little we play a little more direct i thought he was pretty good but when the ball is at his feet you know outside of the box or maybe inside of the box uh, I'd love to see him do better. Like it, it, it just, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but it just looks like anytime he's in a threatening position, it looks like he just closes his eyes and shoots the ball as hard as he can. Like there's no accuracy, no place. Like there's just nothing. He just, it looks like he closes his eyes and just shoots the ball. And I think there was like maybe three or four, uh, I guess decent chances, you know, not like a hundred percent goal scoring chances, but some decent chances where I think he could have probably at least put it on net you know, at least put it on target. So he can definitely improve in that aspect. Um, but um, yeah, I thought very wasteful, a little bit lazy. Um, and again, I don't know if that's because Istanbul Sports just chasing the match or whatever it is, but yeah, not very good. Um, I'm interested to know what you guys thought and if anyone uh, wants to comment on the uh, subs that Okan made, if they, first of all, if you thought they came too yeah. late and you know, what you thought of the actual subs because I thought it made, uh, you know, a difference sort of in a negative way for us. I'll, I'll let people speak on the subs. Um, but uh, I wanted to go back to your point about why you said we were seemingly like like less motivational. Was it us? Was it Istanbul Sport? Let me put it this way. I actually like, like after the game, I, I looked at it like Istanbul Sport's past history. I'm like, they have never gone down more than Max three goals, mostly two nil, two nil, one nil. The most they ever conceded from a team was Fenerbahce. It was five two. They had a penalty in the first half, and they finished that game in the first half three nil. So that kind of explains why they like you know fell. But every other game, almost they like they only lost by like one goal, or they tied. And so th this team seems like they rely on their physicality to keep going. They don't really falter. They don't like crumble down after 2-0 and whatnot. Whereas we, we kind of like, let's be honest, we pressed a lot in the first half. And I think we did exhaust all of our energy quite a bit. And we, I think we just took them for granted. We didn't take them seriously. And I think that almost blew up in our face. And hopefully they learn a lesson going forward because... Yeah, I'm looking at the the scores that Istanbul Sport had. They, they they didn't lose by much, you know, and they still scored in plenty of those games. So the I thing, guess we we got away with it. Go ahead. Yeah, the thing I wonder though is, of course, like Istanbul Sport, we've seen their past record. They've, I mean, they've pretty much taken only else uh, up to right. up to this point. But 
The thing that worries me most, or more so, is, look, putting on the handbrake, I don't think necessarily is a bad thing, right? But the thing that bothers me is that we start doing it from second half, like from the start. Like, if you do it from minute 80, I don't know, 75, I would say, okay, that's, that's fine. Because, indeed, like, in those 15 minutes, may, the chances are small for a team like Istanbul uh, Sport to score that much. But I don't know why we start the second half this way. That, that's, that's what bothers me of course i don't think it was intentional to me it's i don't know how else to explain it right we play at home as well i would assume that the players really want to put on the show but from the second half onwards maybe it's due to the pressing first half but it slowed down so much up to the point that i had to butt clench again and i don't want to <laughs> do that especially against guess he's spore because it yeah. was written in the skies right penner losing bitch drawing yeah we basically have to win right and then at those moments when we have to win against these, like, pretty much bad teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've seen it before. That, that's that's why. Oh, yeah. Cornispor in particular. when oh, yeah. Last-minute goals, man. Still haunt me to this day. Yeah. I, I mean, like, it could it could just be a mental thing. Like, you know, obviously the, the players know going into the match that, you know, they're, they're, this is not the strongest team. Like, n- not to say that any team should be underestimated, but... The, the players know what it is. They know what the situation is. They know what's at stake. They know that we need three points here massively, right? Um, but uh, it could just be a mental thing where, you know, you go into the half at it and it's and it's 2-0 and, you know, you feel like you're in total control. But it's the age-old story of football and everyone knows that 2-0 is the worst lead to have. And everyone knows that just as fast as, just as, fast as it became 2-0, it can become 2-2. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what it is about football and football players, but that happens all the time where you, you know, just, uh, take your foot off the brake a little bit when you're up two goals without even knowing that you're doing it. And then next thing you know, you're a little bit under fire. Right. Um, so it could be a little bit of that as well, but, uh, what are your thoughts, Yasin and and Yasin, what did, I want to know what you thought about the, uh, the subs as well. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to focus more more on, honestly. And I think the subs were, for the most part, very, very bad. And if we lost points today, I would have blamed Okan, like for this specific game, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something that I would like Okan to be able to see and adjust live during the <clears> game, <throat> rather than reflect afterwards in a post game conference or in training, because you know it's two points we're talking about, and the the, the race is close, and it's something that's very obvious too. Sally just mentioned that we started the half pretty poorly after finishing the first half poorly. Like, you finish the first half poorly, okay. You, you, you talk to your players and you get on the second pitch, second half of the pitch, uh, half, and you start strong. You have every right to. You're playing at home and you have a 2-0 lead. Like, you should be starting that just as strong and saying, let's get the third that we should have had in the first time. And, you know, in, in the case of Galside today, we have experienced players on the pitch. We don't. We're not. We're not a very young team like Fatih Tedim's first half team last season, where you can say it's the players that maybe mentally break down because they don't have that experience. They don't have that, you know, that age, that maturity. Fine. Then you. Then maybe you don't point to Fatih Tedim and you say Fatih Tedim spoke at halftime. He did his thing, but the players still were not mentally prepared. But in this case, you have Gomis, you have Mertens, you have Rashidza. Kerem, who has quite a bit of experience already. You have Micho, you have Torreira. These guys are should be mentally strong players, and we just did not come out with that hunger 
And okay, fine. Okan Burok said, I tried, you know, the players that were not there. Make a change. We waited until minute, I'm not even going to count the, the the injury one, right? Wait, At 67th yep. minute, uh, Kazim Jung came out because of injury. Our first actual tactical sub, if you want to call it a tactical sub, was minute 74. So this was what, you know, 20, 30, 30 minutes after the first half already started, second half already started. That's way too late for, in my opinion. And not only was it too late, the choices that he made was just didn't make sense to me. At this point, Istanbul Sports is already attacking us. You know, we're, we're clearly lacking that attack and that creativity or, you know, we're lacking that momentum, right? And instead of maybe replying to that by, you know, putting in players that can respond properly with defense at least, he puts in Yusuf for Rashidza. So you're taking off a very athletic winger who comes back and forth to help their defense, who can bring the ball up with speed and acceleration. And you put in Yusuf Demir, a 19-year-old kid. He's a kid at the end of the day with little experience who has barely smelled the field since he joined us because, you know, foreign limit, whatever. And you put him on in a very critical point of the game. And he's, you know, he's still small. He, I mean, he's put on a lot of muscle in the last couple of years, but he's small. He's not very strong. He's not very fast. He's a very te technical player. With the ball is at his feet, he'll make something happen. Okay. And then coupled with him, you put on Juan Mata. How old is Juan Mata? Is he like 35 plus or minus a couple of years? You yeah. put him on the pitch, a guy who is not known for his strength, who's not known for his athleticness, who's not known for his speed, who's known for to get on the pitch and make a pass happen. He should have come on 20 minutes ago because we were lack, we were when we had that momentum and we were attacking, the only thing or one of the main things that we were missing was somebody to make that last critical pass to our open players. That's when we needed him. Instead, Okan put him on when we needed somebody to put a little bit of physique on the field and win balls back and, you know, stop them from coming. Mata is not the guy to answer that, that problem, in my opinion. And who else came on? Uh, Berkan Kutlu, who, you know, makes sense for a sub like Misho. You know, it's, it makes sense then. You're, you're taking out an eight and you're putting an eight who's going to run the field and, you know, try and get in front of the attack. But, you know, two of the three subs that he made were not just late, but they didn't make sense to me. And then later on, you know, in the dying minutes when Istanbul Spore is attacking with all their might and we're shitting ourselves as fans and as players on the field, he takes off our number six and puts on Sergio, who is borderline a number 10 slash number eight. That to me was scary. When I saw that happen, I'm like, <laughs> are we inviting them to keep attacking? Like, it just didn't make sense. Sometimes you try and play like a big, big brain move and say, you know what? Instead of trying to defend with more defense, let me put in an attack to kind of push them back. Maybe that's what he tried, but it's just, it didn't give me confidence and they almost scored at the very end after that. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. These subs just didn't make sense. And I would have, if I were yeah. to write anybody off on this game, it would have been him. And I don't think he's free of that critique just because we still won the game. But what I appreciate, and it's worth saying, is he did acknowledge his mistakes after the game. And that, to me, is the number one thing that I look for after a mistake, and he did that. And Okan Buruk, I think, is also a coach so far in our short, his short time here as a coach. He makes a mistake, and then he learns from it, and he adjusts that going forward. So I hope he doesn't make this mistake again, and I trust that he won't until proven otherwise. So that's all I'll say. Yeah. <clears throat> if, if I can uh, comment on the uh, subs as well. Um, 
I mean, I pretty much agree. And, you know, a few of these subs are just really questionable, but like, let me say this. The first sub that you mentioned, Van Anholt came in for Kazimjan. Okay, Kazimjan got injured. By the way, uh, I think he's looking at a month or something. Uh, he'll be away from the field for about a month. I think that's what they're saying. So, um, yeah, that's bad news. Uh, Berkan coming in for Mitra obviously was understandable. I don't think anyone would uh, disagree with that. I guess the only disagreement you could have is maybe keeping Mitra in, but I don't think there's anyone else um, that could have gone in. I think that's good. Berkan brings that energy. He came in the 75th minute, so almost at the finish line, so that's understandable. But, you know, I I would like to know the logic between this Yusuf and Mata sub. And it's like, you know, take Mata, for example. He came in in the 75th minute. We, we made a triple change at the 75th, by the way. Um, let's take Mata, for example. I'm not opposed to Mata coming into the match, but I'm opposed to him coming into the match at that stage. It's, it's too late. And when you get into the last 10 or 15 minutes of the match, uh, you know, the, the situation changes. If he would have came in 10 or 15 minutes before that, then maybe it would have been a different story. Maybe he could have helped us get a third goal. But when you get to, to that stage of the match, things change and you're looking to to kill the match and close it. And, you know, Gomis came off, Mata went in and Mertens pushed a little bit higher in front of him. And then you have Rashica that came off for Yusuf Demir. But the thing is, is like, I, I just, I don't know where the logic is. If, if you wanted to make a change like that, you had Barish who was on the bench. And I, I would have just put, I would have put Barish in the bench and let, and with the instructions, you know, there's 15 minutes left in the match. Uh, I need you to use your energy and use your physicality and, and, you know, let's wear them down, keep pressing them, keep putting the pressure on, let's make it difficult for them in the, the last stage of the match. And let's not allow them to get into any type of flow or, or, or anything like that. Right. But Yusuf Demir is not going to do that. You know, Yusuf Demir is not going to do that at all. He's not anywhere near as fast or physical and he doesn't have that presence that Barish has. So that was just interesting. Like, I, I don't really know what Okan was trying to achieve with that. And I agree, if we would have lost this, if, if, if Istanbul Sport would have tied, which honestly, they were millimeters away from doing it, I, I would have had to blame Okan for that. Um, so, and, you know, if that, if, if Kazimjan wasn't injured, we would have had no subs until the 75th minute. And it's too late, in my opinion. It's just, it's too late. Um, I, I mentioned that, uh, you know, Istanbul Sport became millimeters away from tying it. And, you know, their their player was, I mean, he was, he was right in front of goal. All he had to do was place the ball and, and it was in. And Alkan made like a foot save that sort of just directed the ball out millimeters away from going in. I, I honestly, I, I stopped looking. As soon as they played the that player in, I kind of just threw my hands up and just, I knew what was going to happen. I couldn't believe that he didn't score. I couldn't, that was, that was just miraculous. But it was literally that close. It was just millimeters. So, you know, I, I, I hope that Okan and his team, because remember, this isn't a one-man show. He, he doesn't make the decisions all on his own. You know, yeah. his, his, they discuss, he discusses with his team, okay, what should we do? This is the state of the match. What should we do? How do we get to the finish line? And this is what they came up with. So, you know, it's a little bit worrying. And I think they could do a little bit better job in, you know, determining how to close these matches out. But, um, you know, yeah, thankfully it worked will. out. 
I think they will yeah. improve down the line. Like Yasin said, uh, like I've been saying for a while, Ocon, it, it's it's obvious that he's learning from his mistakes. And even like mm-hmm. in areas he doesn't know well, he's bringing other people to help him out. Like I said earlier, our, our set pieces have improved immaculately because he brought someone from uh, Austria or something. I forgot his name. And oh, the, the guy German spe- guy, I think, right? Yeah, the German guy, yeah. uh, set piece specialist. We've improved Im- like immensely. So I think down the line, we will improve he will improve and uh i think we'll we, like again this was a chant like we, a game where we were going out to be leaders and i think there was a little bit of pressure at that point and let's be honest istanbul literally came with nothing one of them was a set piece goal and the other one was just a lucky deflected goal that happened to land in front of that player right and so overall i like like we were able to like stay focused defensively for the time being and it'll improve listen Normally, when we come back from breaks like this, we're in even worse shape than usual. Yeah, that's like, true. I, I'm surprised yeah. we we did what we did that first half. Yeah. I'm like, damn, what's going it, on? It's usually an absolute shit show. Like, you're so right about that. Yeah. So, like, this game, I'm happy it's over with, and I'm not thinking too much of it. What I'm really thinking of is the next game against Sivas in that cold atmosphere. That's that's where my mind is at right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really concerned because we're missing a ton of players. Torreira is suspended. Misho is still, you know, blank. We don't know how, how his injury is going. Gomez, I don't know if he's going to like rip a muscle on that potato <laughs> field. Um, <laughs> Cardi's not there. Musler is back, fortunately. Kazimjan's not there. So I probably, the biggest problem in my head is, do we play Bakon on CDM so we can keep Rashissa on the right? Or do we play Yunus and Kerem on... Uh, both wings yeah which yeah. is a there, big question mark you, there's going to be some decisions injured, so yes I thought he got oh, yes. better though i thought he got better no did he uh, if he was better i would have imagined he would have been in the on the bench this game i, th- I think he's still injured but i don't he maybe okay. he'll be maybe he'll be included in the squad if not him then butish yeah like one of them yeah yeah so that's my there, biggest concern yeah, there's going to be some decisions that need to be made for that match as well. That's going to be a... Di- like, the thing is, even though Sivas are in re- uh, relegation right now, they're at the bottom of the table. I we, Everyone knows this is still going to be a difficult match for many reasons. Um, yeah. The fact that it's away in, you know, in that type of environment. It and is we have a by, bro, has it out for us too. This, this, yeah. this guy, bro. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Um, do you guys maybe... Do you want to give some predictions on this match? Before predictions, Salah, was there anything else you wanted to kind of touch on that second half? I listened very carefully, but uh, in terms of what I wanted to add, I don't really have anything else to add. Uh, John already mentioned the subs, and I share the same opinion, especially on someone like... Uh, I mean, you guys know my opinion on Sergio. I think he's, he, he is a good <laughs> player, but <laughs> we need to close down the game. And like, if you need someone who's reliable on the ball, nah, he's not your guy. I mean kind of loses it he can lose yeah. it pretty easily but mm-hmm. besides that nothing really else to add i'm just happy we won we won after a break that's also a very good thing ever brought up and um looking forward to our away game at Siwas. which are you though are you looking forward to it because i'm not hit, hit us I with mean, the prediction Sally. Kick, kick us off hit us with your prediction yes so let's see Actually, even though I look forward, I think it'll be a draw. I'm saying it right now. Mm. I think Sivas actually won their last game. Um, and therefore, and it's Ruzat Chalambay, of course. I think it will be a draw. I don't think we'll lose, though. 
but it'll be a draw, like a 1-1. That's what I see happening. Mm. We just don't score, and I also don't see them scoring. We're defensively, we're pretty solid, so yeah, 1-1. What do you think, Emre? Uh, you know me, I'm not making predictions oh. these days, remember? Oh, that's right, that's Ever right, that's right. I stopped, it's been that's uh, right. going well. All right, well, we're, we're sticking with that. Yasin, what's your uh, prediction? I am going to stay optimistic. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be negative about this. Sivas probably want to kick off the second half of the season strong. They're in re- closer relegation. They're at home, but I'm going to look at the second half of this last game as you know a lesson learned. You know, we're going to try and come out strong in the next the next game. Try and keep our leadership. You know, our first place spot. So I'm going to say two one win. Okay. I uh, I agree with uh, Saleh, actually. I think I have a feeling it could be a draw. 1-1 or 0-0 sounds about right. Wouldn't be surprised. But um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We look forward to that. That's, that wouldn't uh, be the worst uh, result, to be honest with you. No. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't really be that upset with, uh, with that. And I mean, listen... We have Sivas. After that, we're at home to Ankara Guju. And then after that, we play away to Fenerbahce. So if we can pick up a draw against Sivas, if we can win at home against Ankara Guju, then, you know, we're in pretty good shape going into that derby. And, you know, anything can happen in a derby, even though yeah. I think we're going to walk away with three points in that one, just saying. But Hopefully. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> but maybe, uh, maybe we can say our goodbyes then. Uh, if no one has anything else to say. All um, I wanted to say is, mm. you're actually right. A draw would be in a f- weird way good because the yeah. last few times we played there or just played them in general, we lost. So Yeah. Yeah, all what I can ask for is again? no injuries. Just just no injuries on that yeah. damn field. Big, yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, with that said, we're back. We're back in, ac- back in action. Happy to be back. Hope you guys enjoyed um give us a follow on all of our socials any social that you have at the lines den gs and uh yeah with that said we'll talk to everyone on the next one peace take care bye see you later